Hey Out Louders, it's Mia popping into your ears. It's a big day here at Mamma Mia because we are launching the Quickie, our new daily podcast. And I thought I would pop it into your feed, into your Out Loud feed, in case you haven't subscribed yet. Have a listen, tell us what you think and subscribe. This episode of the Quickie is brought to you by My Budget. Live your life free from money worries. If you are watching this video, it's not such a good thing. Either I'm dead or I'm in a very, very, very bad situation. Hello from Mamma Mia, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie. The voice you just heard is Princess Latifah of Dubai. Princess Latifah isn't your average royal. Her life behind the palace walls is far from a fairy tale. What happened to her? We're going to find out when we speak to Rada Sterling, the CEO of Detained in Dubai. Rada was on the phone to Princess Latifah when her attempt to escape her palace life came to an abrupt end. But first, let's get you up to speed with what's happening in today's news, Monday, Feb 18. Expect to see a whole bunch of ads spruiking the benefits of vaccinating your kids to hit your TV screen soon. The federal government's spending $12 million over the next three years to counteract the spread of misinformation by anti-vaxxers. The PM's been accused of playing politics with Adelaide's pandas Wang Wang and Funi. The animals were supposed to head back to China this November with no baby for Adelaide Zoo. It's become a bit of a running joke, including the zoo's use of so-called panda porn to get a result. Federal Labor have promised to extend the tourist draw cards for another five years, but Scott Morrison said he'd rather be focused on the floods in Queensland right now. Apparently, he can't consider both. Hollywood gossip guru Richard Reid has taken out this year's title of King of the Jungle. The former Today Show showbiz reporter won his charity Beyond Blue $100,000 for winning season five of I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Maybe it was his personal confessions of living the Hollywood lifestyle or telling us about Carl Stefanovic's hair plugs. That's it for today's news headlines. Coming up next after this quick break, today's deep dive. Money struggles are real. The vast majority of people out there struggle to pay their bills and struggle to save. Does this sound like you? Then you should check out My Budget. They provide caring money management, give you the right structure and support so that you can pay your bills on time, have savings in the bank, and live a debt free, stress free life. Whether you're trying to pay off your debt or save, My Budget can help. Don't wait. Visit mybudget.com.au. Hello, my name is Latif Al Maktoum. I was born on December 5, 1985. My father is the Prime Minister of UAE and uh, the ruler of Dubai, Mohammed bin Rashid Said Al Maktoum. And I'm making this video because it could be the last video I make. That's Princess Latifa bint Mohammed Al Maktoum. In the video, she's wearing a T-shirt, sitting behind a desk, barely any makeup, hair in a messy bun. Far from a cliche that we might imagine when we think of a princess. And as we're learning, the reality of her life behind the palace walls is far from a fairy tale. So I'm not allowed to drive. I'm not allowed to travel or leave Dubai at all. I have to. I have a curfew when I go out and I come back home. I have to be back at a certain time. My mom, she always, like, she needs to know exactly where I am. The drivers report back to my father's office where I go, etc., etc. We have assigned drivers. We're not allowed to get into anyone's car. I have to go with the driver. The driver has to know exactly where I am. 
In the video, Latifa alleges that she's not allowed to have a mobile phone, no internet access, she doesn't have her passport, and she's often tranquilised into submission. Yes, tranquilised. She has 30 brothers and sisters. One of those sisters, Fatima, is locked in a cage inside their house because of her quote-unquote rebellious behaviour. Sometimes the punishment handed down by Latifa's father for that bad behaviour is much, much worse. He killed one of his wives because she was too... uh, She just talked too much and he felt threatened by her, so he just killed her. In March 2018, Princess Latifa attempted to flee Dubai and her father's oppressive regime. Pretty soon I'm going to be leaving somehow and I'm not so sure of the outcome, but I'm 99% positive it will work. And if it doesn't, then this video can help me because all my father cares about is his reputation. He will kill people to protect his own reputation. So this video could save my life. With help from an ex-French spy, she boarded a yacht and was almost at the Indian coast when it was intercepted by armed men who took Latifa and returned her to her family. What they didn't know is that she'd recorded this video before her escape attempt as a way to possibly save her own life. In it, she details how her sister Shamsa was drugged and imprisoned after she ran away on a trip to London. A year later, Latifa herself had attempted to cross the border into Oman, but she was caught and sent back. My father's right-hand man put me in prison under my father's orders, and then his uh, all his CID guys, they, um, yeah, they, they put me in prison and they tortured me. Basically, one guy was holding me while the other guy was beating me, and they did that repeatedly. I was just pulled from the bed, driven to another location, uh, and, yeah, they, they tortured me. They told me that your father told us to beat you until we kill you. So all of this public image that he's trying to portray, human rights, is bullshit. He's the most evil person I've ever met in my life. He's pure evil. She would remain in prison in solitary confinement and tortured for over three years. Even when they weren't physically beating me up, they would torture me. Uh, they would switch off all the lights. They could switch it off for days, so I, don't, I didn't know when one day ended and the next began. And, and then they would, they would make sounds to harass me and then they would come in the middle of the night, pull me out of bed to beat me. And, and I didn't have uh, a change of clothes, so I wore the same clothes and I would try to stay as clean as possible. But you know, after the torture sessions, I couldn't even walk. So I would crawl to the bathroom to get water. There was no medical help at all. They didn't care. They wanted me dead anyway. It would then take more than a decade for her to recover from that ordeal and get to a place where she'd again consider trying to run. Her attempt failed. Rada Sterling is the CEO of Detained in Dubai. It's a group that specialises in UAE civil and criminal justice cases. They were helping Latifa with last year's escape attempt. Rada, it is really difficult to identify with Sheikha Latifa. She's living in a beautiful palace. She's horse riding. She's skydiving. Just how dangerous is it for her? Give us some perspective. 
Well, I mean, we look at Sheikha Latifa and uh, and she's, yes, pictured um, skydiving. Um, I think it might have been her sister horse riding. But uh, um, she's she's been essentially living under the restriction of her father, the rule of, of, of Dubai. And she's an example of, of what can be commonplace for people in that situation. Tortured, abused uh, and had uh, medication forced upon her. Now, this might be an extreme circumstance and particularly particularly because she is the daughter of Sheikh Mohammed. Um, however, there are many women in the UAE who are experiencing um, the, the kind of patriarchal society that, that we see in uh, Saudi, but it's less pronounced in the UAE in the media. But as far as legal protections are concerned, it's essentially the same. If someone is in that situation and they are being manipulated, abused or um basically jailed in their home or restricted uh, in, in some way. And, and often we, we're seeing cases of domestic violence. Um, they don't have the kind of protections that you would expect from a modern society, the kind of modern society that Dubai portrays itself to be. Rada, how did you even end up getting involved in Latifa's last escape? She asked me to help from the very beginning, just a couple of days or a week before she was actually apprehended. And I was on the phone to her during the attack on a yacht. And I, I pledged to help her. And unfortunately, for the whole nine months that she was in detention, there was not a word. And she was probably and uh, reportedly in an Abu Dhabi secret prison right up until um, a BBC documentary was aired that was quite damning against the UAE and Sheikh Mohammed. Now, Ryder, in response to that documentary, we saw some photos released of Latifa with her family and the former Prime Minister of Ireland, Mary MacDonald. Um, these were apparently to prove that she was still alive and well. Is that evidence enough that Latifa is okay? I've spoken to Latifa and there's no way that uh, being in the company of, of Sheikh Mohammed, her father, or the, the wife of Sheikh Mohammed, who's not her mother, would be anywhere near what one would consider a loving family. Um, so we still have grave concerns. And, and we're extremely disappointed that uh, a woman, Mary Robinson, who's ex-UN ambassador, in fact, and the uh, wife of Sheikh Mohammed, who is another UN ambassador, that they would circumvent United Nations protocols and try to arrange a private meeting that would basically satisfy the international community. And it hasn't, because clearly, from what Latifa said in her, in her video, she was seriously abused. You mentioned you were on the phone to her when she was on the yacht. What did you hear? Um, it was on the uh, Sunday, the 4th of March. Um, she telephoned me and uh, she was in, in quite a state of panic. And she said, Rada, I don't know what's happening. I can hear gunshots outside. I can hear men's voices. And uh, I said, Latifa, hide, you know, go, go into the lower deck bathroom, record record what you can, you know, voice messages, videos, whatever you can, and send them to me. And one, once I told her that, she was uh, very confident, okay, I'm on a mission, I'm going to do this. And she hung up the phone, um, I, and I saw about 60 seconds later that she was completely offline, and I never heard from her since. So what's happening now? Is someone still investigating her case and making sure that she's okay? As far as Latif is concerned now, we are we are continuing with our campaign to try and pressure the UAE to essentially allow her the, the freedom that she wanted, allow her to meet with United Nations officials and 
I mean, ideally, she would be free to travel, which she's never been able to in the past. But this is not going to come easily because we're talking about Gulf nations here and they want to also uh, impress their allies. They're not overly concerned about impressing or appeasing the ideals of the Western community. They would look weak, for example, if, if they allowed Latifa to exit the country and be free. Dubai is often marketed to us as a tourist destination. There was an announcement about a new desert music festival literally just last week. How careful do we as women have to be if we're going to be travelling to Dubai? Well, I mean, the thing is, for the past 10 years that our organisation has existed, what we have seen is a a complete contrast and contradiction in what the UAE and particularly Dubai portrays itself to the international community. And that is that it's a modern country that doesn't discriminate against women, doesn't discriminate against gays and allows alcohol, allows sort of Western values and everything else. But what we see is actually the complete opposite in reality. And this is uh, something that I've tried to highlight to the um, Australian government and also the British government to warn people of the real risks of visiting Dubai. And, I mean, we've seen cases in Australia in particular of of Alicia Ghali. She was a rape victim. She reported her rape to the police and the police charged her with having sex outside marriage. Mm -hmm. And her case in particular is not an isolated event. Many women who report rapes or even gang rapes are actually jailed for adultery. So it seems that women are highly discriminated against and that they they seriously face legal abuse after they've already been abused or sexually assaulted. And this is the kind of country that's trying to attract tourism and trying to attract investment. And, uh, and the fact is that their legal system is completely medieval. And despite calls from government, despite calls from senators in Australia, they haven't made any steps toward modernising the system. Thank you so much, Rada. As Rada said, We need public pressure on stories like Latifah's to get real social change happening. So please share and follow Latifah's story and hopefully one day she'll get the freedom she's risked everything for. I don't expect it to be easy. Nothing's easy. But I expect it to be the start of a new chapter in my life and one where I have some voice where I don't have to be silenced. That's it for the quickie today. If you'd like to see the video and images of Latifa, including an even deeper dive into her story, head to mamamia.com.au forward slash the quickie. That's Q-U-I-C-K-Y. This episode of The Quickie was brought to you by My Budget. Live your life free from money worries.